1: Right and we're back with the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, our friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Gold Cards and Breaks, that's our guest today. We're going to go ahead and support where he's at, at goldencardbreaks.com. It is sincerely appreciated. Yes. Well, as much as I would love to say that the Lakers are the talk of the NBA heading into this <laughs> season, they're not. They're not by a long shot. Even with LeBron and 50 old guys on the team and how everybody loves to joke with them about how their retirement home and all that fun stuff, but still (laughs) the fact that they are going to be a a title contender is always great to hear. But the place I think that is most talked about right now is in good old Philly, Philadelphia with the 76ers and all the stuff that's going on there between the words that were said, the actions that were made, the holdout that was done and the fact that he's back. He's back he's in back. Philly. He just showed up at night. One night he just said, I'm here. And he's there <laughs> he's practicing with the team. And we'll see what happens this week as the season gets other way. But Here to talk about the 76ers, it's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Gold's Cards and Breaks at goldencardbreaks.com. Yes, you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing there as far as all the card openings that he does. In fact, it leads you into all the different multimedia outlets that he's on, whether it's Twitch, YouTube, what have you. On a great card opening, he has, Hmm, I wonder if he has this <laughs> that he opened right there for a Philadelphia 76er. That's right, it's like Fleer rookie 86 card. yeah 86 that's right for charles yeah. barkley yeah. it is adam goldstein and adam great to have you on the program thank today. you for
0: having me thank you very much
1: this was a this is about a two-week old thing i was going to do right back then <laughs> i'm not the payoff now so great to have you aboard i yes, still haven't gotten it graded me. but these days getting it graded it's just like it's a pain in the behind so cause, yeah, yeah. Everybody well that's
0: actually to I was gonna say that's actually something we also do is uh group grading submissions. So uh okay. if you're interested in in doing that, you can shoot me a message after uh after the show. It's a, it's it's a whole other service because like you said, that um it's a challenging process to go through. And you know, I wipe down all the cards and I look at them. I actually have a digital microscope behind me that's a very powerful microscope that you can look at all the Surface dimples and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, if you're interested in that too, uh, GoldenCardBreaks.com. You can uh, take a look there and uh, you know get a form and send stuff over, and we'll grade them for. We'll send them in to get graded for you.
1: It's just the thing with this one. I'll I'll give this an example. And I know that a lot of people out there have trading cards of some type, whatever sport it has. Uh, right. You know, as far as basketball, baseball, what have you. Right. The concern is, and I'm sure you hear this a lot is it worth the money that i put into it you know because for instance the charles barkley rookie card or fleer card or what have you this that is first year it's it's worth what graded i believe around 300 maybe i think 400 at, at best right now but the sports card the industry is, is yeah 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 that that's for a 10. i mean this is something that i know is not a 10 and right. people out there They'll argue with you, oh, this is an eight. Oh, this has got to be a seven. This got to right. be an eight. Well, you're not the expert. Adam Goldstein is – <laughs> Ryan that's <Dix is> more <laughs> equipped than I can say. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure you hear it from people all the time. I mean, taking that plunge as far as that's concerned, that's got to be something a lot of people tell you. You know, they got to have concerns about investing that because it is an investment when you're talking Absolutely. about baseball cars these days.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see the couple behind me. I'm a, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes guy. And uh, I have a lot of his PSA 10, and I have a BGS 9.5, one of his rookie cards that's numbered out of 299 oh, nice. uh, I actually, I actually bought that as a PSA 9, and I cracked it because it was really well-centered, and sent it to BGS, and it got the 9.5, so it actually wow. doubled in value. It went from like a $2,500 card to like a $4,500 card. Very nice. So it's, that's, that's just some of the stuff that we also do is, uh, you know, just looking at different cards and, and i'll pull a card if i think hey the odds of this like that charles barkley it's not worth spending 150 bucks or 175 whatever it is to to get it graded because here's a corner ding on this side and i have graded enough cards through psa and bgs that i can kind of give a tell give a good estimate of hey this has a good chance of getting a psa 10 or hey this has a good chance of getting a 9.5 or or it doesn't on uh, our last order and you can go on our facebook group we have a Group grading, subgroup, we got, a, uh, I think it was out of 75 cards, it was like 86% PSA 10 rate, which is just, that, that was one of our best stores. We're usually around 70%, um, but that's mainly because I pull cards. You know, and I'll put a note on the back and say, hey, this has a corner issue, or it's off-centered, or surface dimple, and, you know, it saves you. We charge, you know, a small fee to pull cards, but it saves you the time because it takes time to send it to PSA and come back. Yeah. And it saves you the grading fee too, so it's kind of like a, a a double whammy, and that's really one of the best benefits that our service provides.
1: There you go, absolutely. That's something that people need to start thinking about because yeah. it's a major investment these days. I mean, we've seen the cataclysmic prices, and I report on this now and then on the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we talk about, a lot about collectibles. And right. I've had people on the show, and I think I'm going to have to bring you in on a Pop Culture Cosmos conversation at sure, some point I'd time, love because to. that's a that's my radio show that I distribute to fifty stations all around the world, oh, and okay, that cool. one we talk about collectibles and the advancements because yeah. we've seen, and I report on this on our Facebook site, all the the record prices. I mean, you see not only just the Honus Wagner, which James is you know, Auto. yeah, yeah, Mike Trout. You see yeah. the the, the superstars, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. You see all In those. Exactly. Mahomes. You see all those skyrocketing prices now getting into the millions of dollars. Is this something that when you first got into it, you thought this could possibly happen, this type of skyrocketing of the market as a whole?
0: So interestingly enough, uh, I've actually been at a cards for, for quite some time. My uh, my grandfather owned a card store growing. Up. Oh. I actually own two. So he was the local card shop owner. So I was six, seven years old behind the cash register and, you know, ringing out cards. And, you know, I was, I was the first one to uh, tell him to buy the Pokemon because when that first came out, I was about 10 and I was really into it. And so my, my uncle always brings this up. He's like, I know you're truly an entrepreneur because the, when we first, when he first bought it, he would sell singles and they weren't selling. And I was like, you need to sell the energy cards. You need to sell the commons. People need the commons. Everybody has the rares. They need the commons so that they can play the game and he's like all right fine you can put yours out and they sold like hotcakes <laughs> they sold. i'm 7 years old i'm telling them this is what you need to do so it's it's kind of it's been in my blood for a long time um but well, you can see the
1: pokemon card because the pokemon cards <laughs> i see them at auctions even like you said commons are selling in the hundreds oh, of yeah. dollars now these days oh
0: first edition ones it's yeah it's and everything's about first edition, and and, and if you think about it, it, makes sense. Everybody wants the rookie card. Everybody wants yeah. the first edition. You want the first print because it's it's special, you know. Especially like you know, I have the numbered card of the Mahomes. So there's only three hundred of them that exist in the world, and and I have one of them, you know. So there's something there's something to that, and and I think you know it, it really, Panini really changed the game because in the '80s, what killed it is. Everywhere you went, Sears, JCPenney, Macy's, everybody had carts. Everybody had packs of carts. But the problem is, is that, yeah, you're a typical business model, right? My CPA side kicking in. Typical business model. You have a big demand. You want to meet it with supply, right? But what actually in collectibles matters is scarcity. So you don't want to meet demand with supply because if you don't and demand keeps going up and supply keeps coming down, price goes up. So So that's
1: when that's when I and a lot of other people really got into it was the late 80s, early 90s. Right. And the wax era. era. Oh, well, I've heard it called other eras, too, but (laughs) some of it's not airing for this broadcast. I'll just say that. But um, it is something that I think that a lot of people around that time got into and you saw people like me that got into it casually and then just got out of it real quickly and they right they got a lot of this like you said the wax era they got a lot of stuff that from there that's not really that valuable so like you said you got to look for something that's going to stand out amongst the crowd i think in regards to right. two card trading cards of all yeah. kinds of, magic the gathering included oh
0: yeah i mean I, I was big into all that when i was when i was younger and and you know I, you can kind of see it behind me the the super nintendo uh box behind me and that that's kind of that was when i first started dabbling into collectibles was you know retro video games because they have taken off tremendously too because of of the comic industry absolutely you, know, you have talk guys talk about
1: that as well that <laughs> that latest was the super mario 3 and then i think there was a super mario black box that yeah, also so the, the, just, the, that's left the highest road. one
0: yeah, yeah my friend actually has it <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome. To yeah. Hear. yeah congratulations yeah. to him. I know that yeah. sold well over a million dollars. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so, that's, well his yeah,
0: that's... his isn't sealed. No, no, no. He, his isn't sealed. His is okay. Complete. Cause I
1: thought the I thought the one that just sold. Yeah, yeah. The, he doesn't have that one. It yes, was a yes. sealed black.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, is now I mean, the he highest. Has the left, value. He has the left bros, not the black box. He has the okay. yellow box where the Super Mario, the bros. Yeah, yeah. This one,
1: this one I believe was the black box. Yep, that, that was the black like box sealed, with the hang tab. Found in the desk or something like yep. that. Yeah, and it just sold for like yeah. over a million. I think it's now the highest of, of any of uh, the video yeah. games that are there. But again, that's just for like the next 10 minutes, just tune in by right. this time next week, there'll be something else that's rare that oh, yeah. catches people's eyes. Or yeah.
0: you know. NES is just, but again, it proves the point of what are they not making anymore? These old video games, you know, you might find some in a basement, but they're not actually making them anymore. And you have more people coming in. It's a classic supply and demand. What happens when you have more demand coming in, no supply price goes through the roof. And that's, that's what you're seeing with, with video games. And you're seeing that with cards strictly because, like I said, a, a couple of years ago, Panini took over and, and they, they changed the game by making scarcity a, a, a more of a theme. Instead of overprinting, they print a finite amount. That's why you go into Walmart and Target, or I guess Target doesn't sell it anymore, but Walmart and the shelves, they never have them anymore.
1: Yeah, because they they it got to that point earlier this year where yeah. a lot of individuals were going there, were fighting for it, they were trying to yeah. clear out, they were causing scenes, and it got to the point where you know a target said this is not worth the money that we're investing into it.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, because at the end of the day, they weren't making that much. I mean, yeah, they were getting some wholesale. So figure if they're buying a blaster for ten dollars, selling it for twenty, yeah, they're making ten bucks, but they didn't get a huge supply of it of it either. And you know it's not worth the hassle of it, It's like the with video
1: game that. industry that we just talked about. The video game industry, right. from a retailer standpoint, I know is not a margin-based industry. It's right. all about getting the accessories and things of that nature. But you try to go ahead and sell a console. You sell a console, you're not selling it that much above
0: cost. Right. The consoles, most of them are they lose money on it. The video, the actual yeah. video game itself costs like five dollars to make, and they charge you sixty-five bucks, seventy yeah. bucks. And it's even less now with the whole di- digital video games. It costs nothing. <laughs> you yep. just you just pay $70 for a so digital So that's why, that's why
1: cartridges and, and CDs from an era gone by are becoming harder to get and very yep. much more valuable because of that.
0: This is Rafael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
1: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse.
0: People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now. And I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now.
1: If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets. And they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention.
0: Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in... A decade and never came out of it facebook stars not ninja stars okay i know how some people take things literally so don't throw ninja stars at us but like the facebook stars click on those that's what we want
1: that's the pop culture cosmo show
0: and the pcc multiverse
1: catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts but the last thing I want to touch on in collectibles, because I could go all day with talking collectibles.
0: Because, could go all day. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, the one thing I want to ask, and this is back, because get really me back into sports related, and right. that is the the success of Fanatics and the, what they oh, have yeah. going on for the future. I want to know from you, as an insider, the acquisition by Fanatics of all, uh, you know, many of the major sports. cards and yeah, that pretty much will by this time, what in two years from now, they will have
0: 2026. It's five 2026.
1: 2026, Okay. They will have the majority of, of sports cards out there
0: Baseball and basketball.
1: Yeah. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you, what has the mood been like because of it? Is it a fresh take? Is it something everybody's angry about in the industry? What's the feeling going into it?
0: So, right now, predominantly it's it's actually been not so great um just because of the uncertainty that it has created so for instance, um you know one of our biggest suppliers is a, a local car store that has a relationship with so panini will sell to distributors and he buys directly from the distributor. so panini essentially doesn't ship to anybody but one person, so he has a twenty five year relationship with this distributor. Well, he has a relationship with fanatics, but not the same type of relationship. So there's uncertainty with, well, what's gonna happen here, right? And then the second level is what if fanatics just says, we're the only gonna we're gonna be the only one selling it. You have to buy it through our website. That's it. Period. No more card stores. Which I don't think they would do. I think they'd shoot themselves in the foot, but they could do that. They could just say you can only buy, you know, licensed product off our website. And You would see breakers really get hurt with that you would see local card stores get hurt with that and it's just created a lot of uncertainty in the entire marketplace and you know if if anything needs to happen is it just needs to be finalized like what is the actual end result where are we going what is it when is it exact because they said 2026 but what if they come in you know for instance finance could say we're buying tops and panini you're caught holding the bag when your license is up, you know, you're, you're done. It could go vice versa. You know, we're buying panini and tops. You're caught holding the bag. And then they buy panini and they have a license now and then send the products out now. So it's like uncertainty. That's, that's the best way to put it. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market. And I think you've seen that in the prices because you know, we're in basketball season and prices have gone up, but not like they have in the past. Usually it's, it's very even Off season goes down, preseason goes up, then it kind of tapers off. And football was that way, but it just didn't see the spike that at least what I saw, it did not see the same spike that it has in the past. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Just overall uncertainty.
1: I'm telling you right now, I could talk again all day about collectibles <laughs> and things of that nature with this guy. Again, it's Adam Goldstein. You got to check out what he's doing at Gold's Cards and Breaks at goldencardbreaks.com. That's, That's golden right. goldencardbreaks.com. And, you know, and send him a message if you have a question on a card that you you know, you're looking at And you got a team of people working with you that will help them out too.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have uh, I'm my business partner and uh, we actually have one employee. So there you they've, go. Uh, they've they've both been very very helpful with uh all everything because i i could not do it myself without a good team in place you know it's 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 a lot of work from intake putting the cards in you know to getting them to me so i can wipe them down and take a look at them and then put them in you know the card sleeve and then getting them ready to ship out i mean it's it's a process it's a process so they are invaluable
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the the mood now will switch to something a little bit heavier, (laughs) and that's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers, because uh, this week, you know, we're back to playing, and, you know, with everything that's gone on with the Ben Simmons drama, first off, some of it was caused by Ben Simmons himself, you know, obviously his work ethic as far as not being able to (laughs) go ahead and develop a shot, and I can just tell by the Philly crowd that they're going to be upset with him. Yeah. I don't blame him for wanting out after what was said and done in that playoffs, but a lot of that was self-induced because of I, the fact I, of how, I, how he played in that playoff game.
0: I, I blame him hundred percent because I blame my generation for this. And, and, you know, this is probably a little bit of an unpopular take, but it's the truth. You're a professional. You got to have tougher skin. You you have to come on. Like you have a bad game. Own it. You know, look, yep. it happens. It happens to the best of us. We had a bad series, and you know what you say? I'm going to come back next year, I'm going to own it, and I'm going to be better. That should motivate you to be better, not motivate you to honestly act like a spoiled brat because that's how I felt this entire time is that he's – and similar with Carson Wentz. You signed a contract for over $100 million, and then the year after that you don't want to play for them anymore so you demand to be traded in what other industry in the world do you get paid 100 million dollars and then get to act like that
1: not too many that i know of. <laughs> i know if i was paid that amount i'm i'm pretty sure that that i would try to be happy where i'm at but yeah it, it just the the things that that they're done these days because these guys are paid a lot of money but with Ben Simmons, it's just a matter of, okay, he did not develop his game and it right. came to, to bite him in the end. And that's right. what it did. And it show, Which is whose fault? His fault. Yeah. Ultimately it does come back to, to what he didn't do out there on the basketball court. And now or we a, have this extreme. Or unc- yeah. Or in practice and practice. Right. Well, you know what Allen Iverson says about practice, oh, yeah. but, oh, yeah. but when it comes to that, you know, it's something now has created this uncomfortable environment, and now it's like a daily watch to see what's going to ultimately happen in Philadelphia. Obviously, the crowd, when he plays in front of them, is really going to be very upset with him. Right. We know the Philly crowd, you know, they snowballed Santa Claus, So you know, they're <laughs> probably in North America probably the roughest crowd <laughs> yeah, exactly they're probably yeah go there in, in the middle of philadelphia and see what happens to you well, right there. i'm
0: pretty much right i mean i walk around i'm in philly so i walk around with it proudly especially okay after, all right these days. Fair enough. <laughs> you got teflon on when you do no I, i'm, I'm no a pretty big professor guy. or anything okay, uh, okay. No, i'm pretty big i'm not i'm not okay. too too worried about it <laughs> okay no, yeah. fair enough it's not fair that enough, bad. But not that okay not that. but
1: <laughs> it is still to an extent there's certain occasions where the philly crowd can be a little bit rougher oh, than most uh, i think that you know with ben simmons there making the decisions that he made it not only cost himself a lot of money if he's not happy with a situation where he's at he should have been handled in a different light and obviously we saw that this type of holdout was not going to be the, to the to the way he wanted it to go he because no daryl morey has bigger plans he he's going to wait for a, a bigger card to be dealt as far Absolutely. as the trade is concerned whether it's for damian lillard or whether it's for bradley Beal. right uh bradley Beal. i don't think he's going to be able to get either one of those without giving up more than ben simmons because Maybe. i now think that ben simmons is just... unless you go ahead go ahead go ahead
0: so i was just gonna to to, to backtrack a little i i, I think it's interesting because i i've I've heard reports about how Tom Brady really disliked working with Belichick, how Belichick treated him like everybody else. And he's like, I won six Super Bowls. And I think it was, what, two preseasons ago when he had two years left or a year left on his contract, and he wouldn't extend it. And instead of acting like a child and sitting out saying, I'm not coming, crossing his arms – What did he go out and do? He performed like the MVP that he is, like the all-time great that he is, went and signed a contract and said, you're not going to give it to me? Then I'm going to stick it to you. And he went and stuck it to Belichick. He went on and won a Super Bowl with another team, and Belichick didn't even make the playoffs. And I think that he proved his legacy by doing that, that he was the reason that Belichick won, not the other way around. And my point is, is that what Ben Simmons should have done is instead of putting Philly in a situation that made him untradeable, he should have closed his mouth and said, I want out of here, I'm gonna go perform, but I want out of here by the end of the year. And if he had done that, his trade value wouldn't have tanked. And the Sixers might've got something. At the end of the day, they both would've got what they both wanted. But instead, now he has a microscope on him every single day and you may not get what you want, but he had no leverage has four years left on his contract How, what are you going to do not play for four years you sign the contract and I think that what players really need to start realizing is when you sign yourself to five-year four-year deals it's great to have a hundred and some million guaranteed but that team owns your playing rights that's what it means that's what a contract is and you can't just say trade me now And teams have to not just say, well, I'm just going to give up and, you know, get pennies on the dollar. No, stick your ground. He, he, he had all the leverage. Ben Simmons had no leverage and, you know, money talks. Look where we are. (laughs) And where we
1: are indeed with the 76ers is somewhere that's kind of in question as we head into the season. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey hoop heads. we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury, Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game, don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code Hoopheads to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code Hoopheads to get 20% off. I want to ask you this. When it comes to the 76ers as a whole, you still have Joel Embiid, who, if you're can maybe under the best of circumstances, you're going to get 70 games out of, but I, I'm just not sure of that fact because of, he has in such a injured past and, yeah. and they will try to go ahead and be as careful with him as possible. I think that's the only reason why he didn't get the MVP was that he didn't play enough games and, and Jokic did and, and Jokic was more durable. And there you go. Uh, I, I think that this is a team that last year was the number one team in the Eastern conference. Where do you see them this year? Because a lot of analysts, including myself, don't have them picked there. That's for sure.
0: I see them as being a top tier team. I think the Nets have, again, shot themselves in the foot. I think that they have a distraction on their hands as well. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to be with them all year, unless they bring some sort of relief to that situation too. Uh, We won't go there because we have a short period of time, but I actually think they made some good moves. I think that, bringing Drummond in is, is actually going to be what helps them a lot because now when Embiid isn't playing, they have somebody that can step in and might be 75%, 65%, whatever in that range of what Embiid is, but you can still win with that. Before it's Embiid leaves and everything goes on Simmons or everything goes on um, – uh, oh, my God. Uh, it's ours.
1: Ben Simmons. It goes uh, Seth Harris, Curry. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Agree. Yeah, right.
0: So, everything goes on Harris, and it's like, well, when you don't have your biggest piece and your your next step in is a huge drop off, it makes it very, very challenging, and they still ended up being in first place, but I just think that they've gotten a lot more depth. I think Maxi has a really good chance to take a step forward. I think you're going to see Tybal come into his own, where he's that you know defend defender on the perimeter guy, shooting some threes you know i I, I think you have Maz in there. You, you have guys that can play the role um, that need to, to in order to be a winning team and being a top tier team. So I think that overall the depth got better, which I think was really the biggest question mark. You know, there are some you know pieces I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not a huge fan of Shake Milton. I think I think we know who he is. I think that we know that he is a at best bench player. So seeing him come into the Tyrese Maxey role and Tyrese Maxey going to the point guard role, I think would have been a big, big blow. But if Ben Simmons comes back and is who he is and they play like the top defense team that they were, I see no reason why they can't be a a top tier team in the East. You know, I, I think overall, the East is obviously a strong conference, but, I just, I just see the Nets as, I think they they have a big question mark on them as well. So it could go either way.
1: What about a team like Milwaukee, who is the other team usually mentioned in that upper echelon? Of course, of course.
0: So obviously, Giannis is Giannis, um, but you know they were healthy pretty much all last year, and they were a, a third seed. So I think that that you know speaks volumes. I think you know you have Atlanta in the mix. I think Atlanta is is a really good young and up and coming team. Um, is DeAndre Hunter going to take a step forward? You know, I mean, I, Trey Young is Trey Young. Um, I, I, I can see them being equally as dangerous. Uh, with with Milwaukee, it's you know they're a perfect example of you make the playoffs as a three seed and you know you can run the table. So I I, I think for for once, which is why i think the playoffs last year were so for the nba that is excuse me so fun to watch is there's parody there's question marks usually it's well you have these three teams that can win it and, and and that's it this year i think you have 10 teams that could honestly you could say have a chance to to make a run and and go far in the playoffs and i think that that's good for a sport in general i mean look at football Every year, nobody has any idea. I mean, yeah, of course, you have your usuals, but look at my Cowboys. Nobody picked them to be anything this year. They're five and one. You know, it's just there's always, always, always parody in the NFL. I think that's why it makes a great TV. And I think you're starting to see that in the NBA more so than usual. And I think that that's just – I think it's going to make for an exciting, exciting season to watch.
1: Once again, I'm speaking to Adam Goldstein. you got to check out what he's doing at Gold's Cars and Brakes. That's going to be at goldencardbreaks.com. That's yes. gold cards and breaks at goldencardbreaks.com. But before we head out, it's time for you to do the hard sell and tell everybody why they need <laughs> to go to goldencardbreaks.com.
0: Yeah, so we just we offer a fun experience. Uh, you get me as your host, as you can see. We we have a lot of fun talking about things. A lot of card breakers, you know, you just sit there and they're monotone. They just read off the card. Uh, I like to have conversations and sport talk and you know, talk about fantasy. You know, I, I watch the Red Sox games when, I've been, when we've been playing the Dodgers games, the Cowboys games, we get animated. And it's just, it, it's it's a user-friendly experience. We like to have a good time. It's not just about ripping cards. It's about sports talk and just having a great time. So if you're interested and want to know what we're about, go to goldencarbreaks.com, join the Facebook group. We go live on Mondays and Fridays around 8, 8.30. And, uh, and yeah, come check us out.
1: And not only that, again, Twitch as well. YouTube, Twitch which I YouTube. just subscribed to as he was oh, saying that. Thank so you. there you go. Golden Card Breaks right there for you. Again, that's goldencardbreaks.com. Remember, if you have any questions, if you have any cards like I do, and you're thinking about, you're you know tossing that idea about, Oh, my gosh. Is it valuable? Is it worth a lot of money? I just found this in the desk. I love that. I just found this <laughs> in the desk after 20 years, and there you go. It's now worth $1 him. billion. Dollars.
0: It looks a lot we- better in a PSA case. <laughs>
1: exactly. I know. Tell me about it. That's, uh, that's, again, that's something we talked about earlier. That's something, the hesitation that's out there. I know it's not a 10 i can tell you that much that's, yeah. that's, a, that's probably the best way to say it but you know, it, it's a card i got in the 80s and then you know what it's it, it's there and i may just go ahead and inquire with you uh, about that but absolutely. i'll tell you what adam i'd love to have you back on the show again in fact, I'd, love I'd love to, to have you back on the pop culture cosmos when i go and yeah. touch on collectibles for that show absolutely just an incredible time talking to you about the 76ers about what's going on with the card industry any last thoughts on the way out?
0: How about them Cowboys?
1: <laughs> there you go. You know what? I, I got Dak Prescott. I thought it was a you know people are saying as a risk, obviously coming back from injury, but he's performed very very well. Back to yes. I think even better than what he was going out as you know because we had had such high projections of him before he got injured and and look at him now. He's he's doing an incredible job.
0: He, I mean, that throw last night on fourth and four. I, I don't know if you watched the game, but man that was an insane throw under pressure throwing a dart to where only wilson could catch it i mean i i, I don't know how you can he's got a 73 percent completion percentage and through six games i don't know how you can't say he's a top five quarterback in the nfl right i just and I, i'll tell you i was not a believer of him honestly until last year that's what really changed my mind so he He's the real deal, man. He is the real deal, and I'm excited to see where where this year goes.
1: And that finally, that vaunted high octane offense for the Cowboys that actually was last year. Everybody was saying, "Oh, it's going to be this," but you know, obviously, what happened with Dak Prescott and the injury. was going to be such a high octane. Now it's finally coming to fruition. Oh yeah. And and the fact they're is, they're healthy. The quest- yeah, they're healthy. And they're the question healthy. was, would they have enough defense? Now they have enough defense to the point where they. Yeah. The that's marcus a, lawrence the Marcus yeah.
0: lawrence
1: is out <laughs> yeah so it's something that now finally you're seeing the road is clearing for the dallas cowboys to finally return to prominence i know jerry jones you know up in the uh, <laughs> skybox or out on the yacht or wherever yeah. he is today is probably sitting there going you know what i knew my brilliant plan would come together <laughs> at some point in time i'm glad it's finally about now so yeah. you know what hey you spend enough money you finally get what you want, but it's Adam, true. I'm telling you what, it's just been great having a conversation with awesome you on, on you. the leagues, on, on sports cards, on trading cards. Yeah. And, and you know what? I got to get you back on because I'll tell you what, it's been great having you on the show today and I cannot thank you enough again. No,
0: I thank you very, very much. It's been great. I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to talking to you more, maybe about the PlayStation, like the shirt you have on. <laughs> there you
1: go. Absolutely. Well that's one of the things I cover for the pop culture cosmos and also okay. game source. Uh, Because I really originally started out in the podcasting field as a video game reporter and had a had a site going uh, with tens of thousands of views, so yes, you can say (laughs) I might know my games a little bit, and I might be looking at my PlayStation Four, my Xbox One, and my Switch right now as I say that. I I, I have a bunch over
0: to my right too. That's that's just the 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 tip of the iceberg right there. There you go. (laughs) There we're
1: there you go. And and you can see with Mister Mass Effect, Mister Shepard, right there back to me it's just you know something I've been dealing with a long time. In fact. I wish I still had my palm. But that's another story in and of itself. So, I'll tell you what, Adam, great to have you here and looking forward Thank to you you for having you back me. on yes. not only Pop Culture Cosmos, Foxy. but right back here at the Lake Fish Faster.